somewhere I can stay. In the woods somewhere? You do? Will you take me there? To Main Street UCI, the podcast that talks about all things Disney, from the parks to movies, collectibles, and a whole lot more. I'm Jennifer. I'm Zen the Incredible. And I'm Stephanie. (laughs) On today's episode, we're talking about Disney legend Mary Blair and the way her art shapes some of our favorite Disney animated films and attractions. Then we're taking a look at Parkbound Buttons and their fun takes on the Disney Park Celebration Buttons. After that, Stephanie's giving us some behind-the-scenes Disney stories. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Main Street UCI is sponsored by the University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education, a U.S. News Top 10 public university. Do you have an educational goal? At UCI DCE, we're here to help. With over 60 professional certificate programs, we've helped over a quarter million students meet their career goals, and we can help you meet yours too. You can find us at ce.uci.edu. Dream big, take risks, be amazing. A few days ago, Stephanie and I had the pleasure of attending a course at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at UC Irvine, otherwise known as OLLI, about Mary Blair and the woman artist at Disney. The Hilbert Museum of California Art at Chapman University is currently displaying about 20 pieces of Blair's art as part of their exhibit, The Magic and Flair of Mary Blair. And Mary Platt, the museum's director, shared a lot of great information about Mary Blair's time at Disney and some of the other women artists in the early days of the Disney Studios. So let's start by introducing Blair herself for our listeners who may not have heard of her before. What can we say about Mary Blair? (laughs) Well, Mary Blair was a famous Disney artist, probably the most uh, famous female artist that that I know of. And she was born in 1911 and married her husband, Lee, in the 1930s. They both wanted to be fine artists, but that didn't really work out financially for them. (laughs) So reluctantly, they took jobs at Disney in the uh, animation department And at the time, most women were ink and paint artists. So they would actually do the fill-in work. The the men would draw, do the initial animation, and the women would paint it. And But Mary Blair was not hired to be an ink and paint artist. She was actually hired to be a creative artist and do creative concept art. Mm -hmm. And her first film that she worked on was actually Dumbo, which is ironic because everybody knows the new Dumbo movie is coming out out this, uh, I believe... What's today? Tuesday? I think it's coming out Thursday. Yes. The yeah. 29th? The 29th. Yeah, so, Friday. and for, for those of you that don't know concept art, so if you're sitting around um, trying to come up with the idea for a movie or an animated film, um, a concept artist will often sit in on those meetings, and if they if someone comes up with, up with an idea like, oh, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, the sun is setting and, and you can see Casey Jr. Circus Train pulling through a bridge area or something, then the concept artist goes back and tries to create that image to kind of put together with other storyboards so people can start to envision a full picture of what the movie could look like. Before we go much further, let me put this introduction in. Um, For those of you who are not aware of who Mary Blair is, um, to give you an idea, if um, one of the most iconic things at Disneyland, if you want to, if you're there, if you look at Small World, 
that is iconically Mary Blair. So mm-hmm. when you see other pieces of art that's out there, that is most likely a Mary Blair piece or Mary Blair inspired. So mm-hmm. just so you know who we're, t- I mean, we're talking about Mary Blair, but if, if you don't know her and her art, now you know what we're, what we're who we're talking about. Yeah, her main things are, are concept art for some of the early Disney movies. And then, of course, It's a Small World is her big, big showstopper. Yeah. But just that look, there's a certain type yeah, of Yeah, there is. Look it's very it. it's very childish, very fun, very colorful artwork mm-hmm. that, that is that Mary Blair iconic style that it, you're talking about. It, it's kind of like if you mixed animation with Miro, the artist Miro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it's this combination, like if Miro made something that was more figurative, if you are if you have an art background, mm-hmm. that's what it kind of looks. It's illustration, but they're 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 very stylized. They're they're using geometrical shapes. Mm-hmm. There's and 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 but most importantly, there's something about her pe- color palette yes. mm-hmm. that's just fantastic. I mean, she has these color palettes that are just these whimsical. I just think I don't know how to explain it. It's but crazy because yeah. like she'll put colors together that you're like, oh, there's no way these two colors could ever go together, and somehow she adds in other colors, and then and suddenly then and it makes sense. The and what. Mary Platt had to say at this event last week was she said that Walt Disney hated the color purple. He absolutely yeah. <laughs> hated purple. And Mary Blair made purple work. There's some beautiful purple yeah. drawings of hers that we saw, and Walt loved them. So yeah. I, I guess he liked her use of purple, but right. not everybody else's, apparently. I really want to know more about that. Like, why did he hate purple? What I don't know. I'm gonna, we're going to have to look into that. <laughs> yeah, because get, get that was back the first time that. I'd ever heard that. That's the first time I'd heard it either. Yeah, so I don't like, know okay. where that where that <laughs> came from. Kids used to throw grapes at him. Or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know, there like was something the in his bad experience <laughs> somewhere along the way. <laughs> no purple, anything but purple. <laughs> yeah, so, and Platt had a lot of really, really amazing things to talk about for Mary Blair. Um, she said that basically, at one point, um, the U.S. State Department asked Disney to go to South America on a Goodwill trip, and he handpicked Mary Blair to, to go, go with, with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know what was funny is, like, I was looking up some information a, a while back, and one of the things, as I recall, is, like, I don't think she was actually an employee at the time at Disney. He had actually, you know, as a, picked her up as a freelancer mm-hmm. to go on that trip. She was not, like, fully employed at oh. Disneyland at the time. She kind of went in and out of employment yeah. with Disney and then was she, kind of on contract. So she was hired. Be. She was hired there. Oh, no, she at, was working point, for Disneyland. Then, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. She was working for Disney for many, many years. But that one time that he went down to South America, mm-hmm. I believe she was not actually under full-time employee at Mm -hmm. Disney. She might have been working on other projects, and then he still pulled her in anyways. He did pull her in to do Small World. I know that. She had already left Disney by the time the World's Fair rolled around. Can you imagine? And brought her back in because they had to do that ride in about nine months, I believe. Yeah, it was like crazy turnaround Yeah, and you know, one of the things about Small World, which really shows Mary Blair's style is some people complain, oh, it looks cheap. It looks like cardboard cutouts. Yes, it's supposed to. It's yeah. supposed to look like a child's <laughs> art project. Yeah. It's yeah. supposed to look like children from around the world put this whole thing together. Mm-hmm. And that's her style. And she's also in Small World, too, which yes. I know you guys have talked about on the show before. Yeah, so her if doll. you're writing It's a Small World and you go past the, um, on your left side, there is France. And on the Eiffel Tower, you can see a teeny tiny doll of Mary Blair. She's got blonde hair, short blonde hair. She's holding a red balloon 
And it's you can barely see it unless you're really, really looking for it. But there she is, right in the middle of her creation. So, but yeah, she kind of had her own style. And a lot of the male animators at Disney didn't really understand it, didn't really want to go along with it. And what was really interesting to hear was that Disney really, really believed in her her new kind of unique style. And you can really see it in the concept art for um, Alice in Wonderland. I think that's probably the, the biggest one where you can really see this yeah. kind of shocking use of color mm-hmm. and, and geometric shapes and stuff. And so, you know, Disney kept trying to push the others like, hey, come on, try this out. This is new. This is, you know, innovative. And they really didn't want to go along they didn't want to go along with it, and they were cranking these films out so quickly, too. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the timeline here, uh, Cinderella came out in 1950, Alice in Wonderland, 1951. I mean, yeah. it was just boom, boom, boom. It's crazy. So <laughs> m- maybe there was a hesitation there because they had to crank these out so quickly that they couldn't stop and do something different or right. just didn't want to, which yeah. is sad because I we looked at those concept art and they're just beautiful and then you look at you look at the movie and you're like oh wow i wish this would have been used more in the movie yeah yeah Yeah. but so she did cinderella she did alice in wonderland and she did peter pan was her last major production that she really worked on but she did work on other movies that looked like bits and pieces Mm -hmm. like you know um so dear to my heart like some of the the smaller kind of ones that you don't really hear about as often today but yeah, that artwork was so, so pretty. It was. I, I actually, uh, so the Hilbert Museum is at Chapman University, and it's a small collection that they have right now of Mary Blair artwork, and we're planning a visit, hopefully yes. soon, to go check it out in person. it ends April 27th. I have actually, I had the opportunity a few years back, the Walt Disney Family Museum up in San Francisco had a exhibit. It was called The Art and Flair of Mary Blair, and it was beautiful, and they had a whole bunch of stuff there. And it was just gorgeous artwork. This one's a little bit smaller, but mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So and what's maybe your favorite some different pieces? pieces, I think? Honestly, I think I think my favorite pieces that, that she's done are from Alice in Wonderland. They're mm-hmm. just gorgeous. The use of color is amazing. And I mean, Jennifer, you can talk to it more. You're, you're a graphic artist. You, you appreciate it a little bit more than I do. But yeah. um, her mix of colors is just, it's very vibrant. It's bold. It's kind of stretchy the limits of what was being done at the time. Yeah, I kind of think when it, because sometimes I'll be given like, you know, here's an image or, or here's a, a, a logo that we want to have kind of featured prominently in this piece. You know, sometimes I'll think, okay, I need to have colors that go along with this. What would Mary Blair do? <laughs> and, and sometimes I'll look at her colors for inspiration because, you know, she really, especially after the South American trip, you know, you really start to see her experiment more with color and just pull these different like bright greens and, and reds and oranges together that you know on their own you'd think oh pff, there's no way this is going to look like a hot mess but she <laughs> makes it work it's really impressive mm-hmm. so or especially like in Peter Pan she did a lot of um, scenes where you know everyone is flying and, and you see these beautiful sunsets and, and different things so yeah she just she was really really a genius when it came to putting colors together and I want to talk about also the work that she did with the murals yeah. at Disneyland. Oh, yeah. That's, that's my... So and and at the um, the Contemporary Hotel mm-hmm. in, in Florida, Florida yeah. where you guys know about the five-legged goat? Yes. You guys heard about that <laughs> you story? You told me the story. Yeah. But go ahead. Tell, yeah. us, tell the story, everyone. So 
apparently, and I don't know the truth to this, but this is just what I've heard throughout the years, is that Mary Blair, as an artist, did not... She did not want her art to be perfect. She always wanted there to be a flaw in her artwork because people are not perfect. And so in that beautiful mosaic, which I don't even know how big the thing is, it's it's in the it's on the elevator shaft. It's, it's so, huge, so big. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. You, you have to get a full picture of this thing. You have to stand way on, back. On the and, opposite yeah. end. Yeah, of, <laughs> it's, of it's the, massive. The... Anyway, there is one of the goats that's in this has five legs instead of four, and that was her way of kind of just putting her own mm-hmm. feel on that and saying, "Hey, nobody's perfect." Well, it this doesn't make it then legs. perfectly flawed. I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, is is there's but, some, there's something about like God loves a certain like sym- symmetry, but a certain mm-hmm. amount of imbalance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That when you when you give things imbalance, it actually is what makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect symmetry is not great, but slight imbalance. But then it, then it's perfectly flawed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she did anything to the the two Disney murals that are sadly yeah. covered up now. I, I haven't read anything that she put think... anything in there to yeah. kind of show her stamp, but yeah. I miss those murals too, I do and so I miss writing the people mover and getting real up close yeah. to the murals and just just looking at them and getting stuck on the people mover and going, "Ooh, I get to look at the yeah. art the, at the mural for longer." Do we know yeah. if they're still physically there? And just are covered they over? rumors that they're actually just covered up? Not they actually. are covered up, but I did hear that unfortunately with how they're covered up. If they were to remove that covering, oh, that the murals will probably be destroyed. Oh. Yeah, Boy. it's unfortunate because first the castle top now, and now if if you guys want to if you <sighs> podcast listeners want to see the murals, I believe it's on Yesterland. Yes, I think so. you can yeah. find good photos. So yeah. Yesterland.com is a website that is all about um, the Disney the Disney past. Yeah, and they have I do believe that they actually have one page that's dedicated to those two murals, mm-hmm. and you can see how beautiful they actually are. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and there's even um, pictures somewhere floating around where you can actually see Mary Blair painting them. And no. I mean, wow. so, so cool. And what's really sad is that Walt died before these were finished. Yeah. So he didn't even get to see these in his, yeah. in his, in their glory. You know? Yeah, that's, but at the same time, I'm sure he got to see the concepts. So yeah. he knew where he it was did, going. He did get sure. to yeah. see the concepts, I'm sure. I, I hope. Yeah, Who knows? and even today, her artwork is still living on. Um, she became an illustrator for Little Golden Books, and you can still find those in print. Um, she also, uh, her artwork is being used in fabric for dresses by Pinup Girl. So you can still find stuff. Or I think there's bags, too. There are. There's a whole new uh, Small World-inspired line of Disney merchandise that comes out. Mm-hmm. And you can especially find this in that store, right, as you get it, right as you exit yeah. Small World. There's just a ton of stuff. And, I mean, Mary Blair is like, her presence is just in that store because yeah. her, her design work is everywhere on things. It would yeah. be really cool if, like, Pixar or someone would do, like, almost like a whole uh, animation that is based off of the illustrations. Mm, that would be so, cool. Because, I mean, back then, like, I'm not sure if the stylization would have worked as well, but, mm-hmm. like, if they 3D'd it, mm-hmm. and... Because the thing is, we've seen the rent, the drawings of the Peter Pan and all these different things, but when you actually saw the films, they were 
very, 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 very different influence. Maybe colors made it, a certain amount of colors made yeah. it through. Yeah. But to actually keep true to the shapes. I mean, one of the, I'll give you one of the things is, have you seen the new Peanuts movies? Yes. yes. And <laughs> and you look at them and the thing is, they have the shaky outline. Yeah, you know, as Charles Schultz grew older, that. his... Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was Parkinson's, his hands mm-hmm. got a little bit shakier. Mm-hmm. So he drew them larger and larger and larger, and then they had them shrunk down. But when you look at it, it's just like somehow it's modern, but at the same time, it is the original drawings of Charles Schultz yeah. being uh, just moving, as opposed to the ones that were done in the 70s. They mm-hmm. were, they were, they, they looked like them, but not like actually moving cartoon yeah so mm-hmm. i mean it'd be cool if she did they did something like that yeah there's so. a big difference between the peanuts movie and and it's the great pumpkin charlie brown yeah. and the it animation really, yeah. is completely different yeah yeah but it was a really cool class um she touched a little bit on some of the other women who were at disney so like um one that i thought was really real really interesting was retta scott and um so um Mary Platt was talking a little bit about how a lot of the men who worked at Disney thought that the women animators would only be able to draw like flowers and and butterflies, you know, just kind of like the cutesy stuff. But uh, Retta Scott actually did a lot of the scene paintings for Bambi and she created these sketches of these really vicious, vicious looking hunting dogs. I mean, you look at these concept arts and, and it's just like, whoa, these things look terrifying. But at the same time, she was able to create um, some really cute golden books for Cinderella and I think um, Dumbo maybe as well. Mm-hmm. But And yeah. I had never heard of her before yeah. before this presentation. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think a lot of Disney fans have heard of Mary Blair, but but not not uh, Yeah. Not Retta Scott. Not Retta Scott. They no, had so. um, Elizabeth K. Zwicker who worked on Samson the Horse. So mm-hmm. from Sleeping Beauty. They had Sylvia Moberly, who worked on the Centaurids from Fantasia, and Bianca Majoli, I hope I'm saying that right, from Italy, who worked on Cinderella, the Nutcracker Suite, Tin Fast, or Steadfast Tin Soldier, and Edgar the Elephant. So lots of really interesting people that mm-hmm. no one's ever really heard of until this class. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know, what was the, the coolest thing that, that you discovered from this? I think learning about the other female artists, yeah. because again, I, I knew Mary Blair's work and I'm always appreciative when I see it and I'm always just, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. But then finding out that there were actually a lot of other women artists who weren't just ink and painters, mm-hmm. but who were actually doing animation work and very cool animation work at the time too. Yeah. yeah it was it was a really, really cool, it was almost like a, like a preview. It kind of inspired mm-hmm. you to go look these people up and, and learn more about what they did. And, you know, and even just learning a little bit more about the ink and paint process was really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, Platt was telling us that, um, you know, these women got up at like 4 a.m., went all the way to Burbank. They had to um, take all of the sketches that the male animators had put together and then ink them on the front, flip them over, paint them on the backside, had to wear like special gloves and things like that. So it's not like their job was very easy either. No, and they were all dressed to the nines too. That that was the style back then. You dressed up to go to work mm-hmm. and you were in your heels and 
skirts and stuff. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I mean, <laughs> how could you be comfortable doing that? Yeah. That kind of work and being dressed like that. But well, could you imagine that's what trying they did. to make a, a current film in that manner anymore? Yeah, yeah there's I no mean, way. I think they continued to draw hand drawn. What was the last Disney that had hand drawn cells? That's a good question. That is a good question. I'll I mean, I think it up. probably around. I mean, I'm going to get make a just a, huge, a guess, but like it had to be like around 2000 or so, I would think. Mm-hmm. Well, did did the new um, Mary Poppins did that have any hand drawn stuff? Actually, that did because they wanted to go back to the original style. They hand drew the cells. I believe they did. I mean, which is a lot good. of work, and, yeah. and a lot of artists today don't know how to do that because they're so reliant on the computer technology yeah. well not just that so. there's i forget which one of the films they made recently with computer i mean i i um, i'm real i i'm wondering i'm trying to think which one it was but it, they were with the computer animation they're actually trying to get the look and feel of the watercolors mm-hmm. and uh, because the thing there's a very certain type of feeling yeah. and it just like a certain type of warmth but um yeah i mean but like I can't even imagine trying to hand do these anymore. And, no, and you, know. you draw, Zan. I mean, I know you're an artist. So. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, quick Google search. It looks like the last <laughs> traditionally animated films were 2009's The Princess and the Frog and 2011's Winnie the Pooh. That's what oh, I was thinking. I thought The okay. Princess and the Frog was trying to look like it. That's what I was trying yeah. to come up on my head. Hand but drawn. I thought they were trying to get the look and feel. But I yeah. didn't know it was actually hand drawn. Mm-hmm. That's really mm-hmm. cool. So. Yeah, it's, it's just good that they're still doing it, even even recently. At yeah. least in, in Mary Poppins and another. Yeah, I hope they never lose that. Lose that because yeah. it's it's so neat to see, and you know, especially if you look back at any of the. Um, I think you can find a lot of these on YouTube, but back in the day, they used to actually have um, live action reference models for all of their animation. Yes, and you can really tell, like everything looks so realistic and beautiful. Like if you look at. Um, there's a scene where uh, Cinderella is getting dressed and the mice and birds are helping her. And if you look for the reference footage for that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's almost exact. There's a woman by the name of Margaret Carey who mm-hmm. comes to a lot of Disneyana shows. And she was the reference model for Tinkerbell she's back so in the day. Fun. And she's And she's hilarious and she's so cute. She's written a book and mm-hmm. she's just so friendly. She is Tinkerbell. Like to everybody, she's Tinkerbell. Yeah. That's just yeah. her. It's just her persona. She just she just is. She's so friendly and fun and yeah, yeah. Her yeah. um, who's the other one? Helene Stanley. Is she? Yes. Yeah. She did um, Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and I think Anita from One Hundred One Dalmatians. Mm. So yeah, if you look up that artwork or the footage, it's it's really impressive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so. Moral of the story is go to the the Hilbert Museum and it's free admission, free parking, and the whole area down there is really fun. They've got a lot of really cool eateries and it's down in the Orange Circle. Yes. So and this this is actually not at Chapman itself. It's it's a little ways away from there. It's more by the train station and mm. there's uh, a Ruby's Diner right there and. And I live super close there. I need to just make it over there yeah. at one point and just go and see it when I'm when I'm not at Disneyland or doing something other Disney related. <laughs> yeah, so you can take a look. Um, the art and flair of Mary Blair will be there uh, until April twenty seventh. Go check it out. Well, geez, now I have to edit this and put it up immediately so people have a chance. <laughs> we always record these early. I know. You're making me work. <laughs> Before we take a quick break, it's time for our Who's It's and What's of the Week. 
This week we're taking a look at a really fun store called Parkbound Buttons. They sell different sized buttons that look similar to the celebration buttons you can get at the Disney parks, but with references to other movies or memes or really cute sayings. So we're taking a look at it right now. It's Wait, park- wait, 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 wait. What? For people who don't know, what is a celebration button? Oh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, don't assume everyone's elite like you. I'm sorry. Let's, let's explain what a celebration button All is right. first. So, if you go to Disneyland and you go, well, it used to be you would go to the um, city hall, the city hall, but now they actually have a card out sometimes. They and you do. You can just grab your own buttons, but you can get a happy birthday button. You can get a I'm celebrating whatever button or. First happy time. anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah. And then and the cast member will actually use, they'll have a Sharpie and they'll personalize it, put your name in really nice. Mm-hmm. They'll draw sometimes Mickey's on it or they'll write something in it, you know, very nice. Like, oh, I'm celebrating my daughter's, you know, or like, um, you know, high school graduation yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then they pass it on to you, of course. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Parkbound took the lead on that and kind of made up their own fun buttons. And there's everything from, you know, I'm here for the food, treat yourself, to, like, plays on Mean Girls, get in, we're going to Disney. (laughs) (laughs) There's, like, you know, I'm not a regular mom, I'm a cool mom. Because I'm basic, that's why. So there's a lot of really fun different buttons you can get. Have you guys had a chance to... Look at these. I haven't had a chance to look at this, but I wanted, to, I wanted to comment that, um, so last, uh, two years ago when I went to the Asia Parks, mm-hmm. I was looking for buttons because I thought that would be a great way of getting something free to bring back to my <laughs> yeah. friends at home. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, right? Because I spent a lot of money on the trip <laughs> and I wanted to bring something back. The buttons are not free there. You have to pay for them. Really? You have to pay for your first time visit button in Tokyo. Oh, no kidding. I know. No kidding. No joke. And I thought, wow, that's crazy. But they sold them in the stores mm-hmm. and I had to I had to buy it. I was like, what? Are they at least like okay. cheaper or something? <clears throat> or? No, they weren't. They weren't cheap. But oh, man. Hijacking the conversation just for a little bit fix because of like we're always looking for things that are really neat take Mm -hmm. backs from other parks Mm -hmm. what what did they bring back for you and then we ended up doing whenever we go into an international park from the different parks oh the maps the maps are free Mm -hmm. and they are the coolest souvenir you can bring back for somebody who is who hasn't gone to the actual park because they actually get you open up the map you get to go see all the different rides that are different and see the layout of the land so so. what i did for my friends when i went to asia i went to all three parks and you know of course luggage is a problem in china because you can only carry so much and I collected maps, mm-hmm. and then I swiped all of the amenities, the toiletries, <laughs> <laughs> and then I bought, like, pins and stuff, too. So I did spend a little bit of nice. money, but I bought stuff people like. And then I, I put it all in gift, like, small gift bags that Aww. I got in Tokyo. They gave me a whole bunch of, you know, here you have to pay for a plastic bag over there. They're like, hey, here, go ahead. Yeah. And I put them in little gifts, and then I gave them to all of my friends with all four of the, the map books and the little amenities and stuff in there. And it was like the best gift, and I didn't spend a ton of money either. Nice. Because I was broke after that trip. But that's And the maps idea. always come in multiple languages. They do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So and I got some in both languages, too. And I've actually yeah. had uh, had people ask me, hey, do you still have one of those in, in Chinese? Because I'm trying to practice my Chinese. And I'm that's like, a oh, good yeah, idea. Yeah. yeah. I totally mm. want to frame a couple of them. I just need to get the time to frame them. So. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. hope maps books don't go away i know disney everything's on the app now and everything but it's so fun They're to so see fun. that rack of just different internet 
international yeah. brochures there and and grab a few and yeah and try to read them and a yeah. lot of kids like to play with them pretend that they're at disneyland or cut them up and Maybe do arts and crafts <laughs> with them yeah yeah i've actually seen where people will take bits of a map and then um decoupage it onto tiles and create coasters oh, that mm-hmm. way i've That's seen cool. that too yeah yeah so, I mean, there's a lot of really great ways that you can use those maps. And it's fun just to look back at them a couple of years later and see how much has changed. Yeah. And I have well, some sorry original. sorry for the hijack. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we we were actually, on buttons. <laughs> I actually have, have uh, several old maps from the 1970s from when I was Ooh, a kid that are... Wow. Oh, that's cool. Some of them are beat up or well-loved, yes. but yeah. um, I still have them. And it's it's neat to kind of see what attractions were there. And yeah. th- that still had the coupons in it, too, so you could still tell which ride was uh, which. Which I used to wow. every time I came back from th- our local park, I used I would just throw the map into a stack, and they mm-hmm. were folded and stuff mm-hmm, like yeah. that. I got to find. I mean, I had hundreds of them, yeah. and now I they're worth if a I lot of. Them they're away. worth a lot of money if you have some older ones that are rare. Yeah. Mine are only from like two thousand. Okay, but yeah. remember when they used to print them every day? Yeah, yeah. At one time, they used to print them every day versus every week. Mm-hmm. Now they print it every week with like an insert. But at one point, like you would. They printed them every single day, and Jeez. everyone was unique. You would see July third, and you're like, "You got to be kidding!" Mm-hmm. So, I think I have one from '95 because it has a big picture of um, the Indiana, Indiana Jones ride. I was going to say it. that's what it would have yeah. been on the cover of '95. I think that's the earliest one I have, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have older ones of Knots for some reason, but hmm. not Disney. Not Disney. So, no. yeah. So, but getting back to the buttons, <laughs> which which ones did you guys like the best? I like that Dole Whip one. The Dole Whip one is really cute. I really like that one. That one, there's one of Isma that says the fun has arrived and she's got her sombrero on and not in a party mood. I kind of like the one with Prince Hans that says like, I'm a trust fund baby. Oh, you yeah. You can trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should get one of those for David because there's a bunch that are um, kind of musical inspired so mm-hmm. they'll take different lines from a musical then turn it into a button so they are fun that's a, that's a fun site yeah just to look at for different ideas and i kind of wish that disney would do this where it's like you know you've got you can grab your favorite character or and i know that's not really realistic especially for something that's free but they would no. charge for it. They would. <clears throat> you like to no, entirely true. <laughs> As re- they, they also sell, sometimes give away celebration buns that are theme based. And I've seen oh, cars. Yeah, yeah. They I have do. a bunch of cars land ones. Like, I don't know, like they a do. anniversary so op- or something like that. Opening day uh, movies, different movies, like yeah. the release of a movie, they'll give out free buttons mm-hmm. at the entrance. I think you guys know this, but I'm going to be hopefully going to Star Wars Land on opening day if if everything works out well with the hotel reservation system that we're supposed to be guaranteed <laughs> a reservation in Star Wars Land. I will be there opening day, and I'm hoping we'll get some type of opening day button, button or yeah. something. That'd be cool. Sort of like, hey, I was here for the grand opening. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Disney has done that throughout the years, too. I have I have old, uh, old buttons from other things. Yep. Of course, the 60th anniversary recently. Mm-hmm. Have, yep. I have buttons from that. So be for, look, on the lookout for the ones that are just given away, on and not just day. the standard ones. Yeah. yeah. There's also one. Um, have you guys heard of the honorary citizen of Disneyland button? I have. Yes. So if you go up to any of the info booth areas and you ask about those buttons, you will be quizzed by one of the cast members. And if you pass the quiz, you get this button that says you're an honorary member of disneyland and i have one in my cubicle i should take a picture and we could put it up Mm. but 
Yeah. Well, we need to send David over there. <laughs> we Just should. last week, his like when he did the trivia, man, he swept that. So mm-hmm. I, like he can be a non-citizen. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it's it's funny because when you're taking the quiz. I don't know. Like, they asked me the easiest thing ever. It was like, you know, name all of the lands or something like that. And I was blanking on one of my favorite ones, New Orleans Square. Mm. So the whole time I'm like, oh, my God, I should know this. Why don't I know this? Oh, my gosh, I'm not worthy of this button. The pressure was on. Yeah. So, you know, be forewarned. It might be a high pressure situation. but, But, yeah, so if you want a fun button to take with you on your next trip check out parkboundbuttons.com and let us know which one you would choose they're called goals for a reason there's something to strive for they require attention and they need sweat and hard work to achieve do you have a career goal at uci division of continuing education we're here to help with over 60 certificate programs available we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals and we can help you reach yours too Start today at ce.uci.edu. That's ce.uci.edu. We're back with our resident Disney expert and former cast member, Stephanie, who will be sharing some of her behind-the-scenes stories with us. So, what do you have for us today? And I gotta do this again. What were you a cast member? What was your specialty? Ah, okay. Okay, so I was a <laughs> attractions hostess in Fantasyland. Oh, I didn't know That's that was the, the, the that actual is the, title. That is the official, official <laughs> Disney term for a cast member who works the, the rides in Fantasyland, hmm. if you would. And so my favorite ride there was Storybook Land. And I started when I was 17 years old. I was wow. extremely young. I did a high school program. They have a college program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was lucky enough to do a high school program. So my senior year in high school, I would go over there uh, after my classes, and I would go train over there and work and um, work like I was a regular cast member there. And I got school credit for it. Oh, and then nice. what, happened, what happened was after the program was over, I got hired. Cool. And they normally they normally didn't hire people to work attractions until they were eighteen. Normally, mm. you could get foods at sixteen and other other sort of things at seventeen. But because I had gone through the training program, they're like, "Do you want a job?" And I said, "Yes." <laughs> so then I went through the whole Disney University again um, because <laughs> I, had, I had already been through it once. But as a cast member, I had to go through it the second time and do that. But it was a really fun um, high school program, and it was all high schools uh, around here, around the the Orange County area mm. that were part participating i believe we had about 20 people in our class and um it was a lot of fun and we it was a great program because not only did we get to work in the in the park but monday nights we had class and class consisted it was from 6 30 to 9 30 and we had an instructor and we would do everything from writing our resumes and cover letters i mean i was 17 years old what do i know about writing a resume or cover letter at that age we also talked about on the job skills so we would we would talk about okay tell us an experience that you had with a guest or another cast member manager something that you encountered during the week and we would talk about it as a group and kind of figure out what was the best practice or oh how would you handle this the next time this happens Um, we also got to do a lot of really cool things Uh, for example um, the park used to be closed Monday nights Mm -hmm. they would close early on Mondays and so the park was closed and we got to see the dress rehearsal of the Christmas parade with nobody else on Main Street just (laughs) just us just us we also had great guest speakers come in we had the head of custodial come in and talk to us Mm -hmm. we get other 
big wigs coming in and talking to us about different things. We had a, a lady who did all the sound in Tomorrowland. Yeah, female, which was which was great to kind of have that that experience, seeing that as a you know as a young as a young woman Mm -hmm. getting out and into the workforce at that age, seeing that. But yeah, so storybook was was my my claim to fame. What else did you do? Did you do anything else besides storybook? I did. I did Dumbo teacups and Alice in Wonderland. That was oh, I didn't know that. that I just know you did storybook. That was my main. I always traded shifts because I love storybooks so much. Oh. <laughs> a it's lot such of, a neat ride. A lot That's of so cast fun. members hated it because you're out in the sun all day and you have to talk and you have to be bubbly and you have to do this. But yeah. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I would trade a storybook. I didn't care if it was 110 degrees outside. I would trade a storybook shift over one of those other rides mm-hmm. anytime I could. <laughs> and people were happy to give them away. They wow. didn't want those shifts. Yeah. So I did Dumbo Teacups Alice. That was on one rotation. And then I also did... Um, uh, Mr. Toad, Peter Pan, and the Carousel, oh. as well. So I did; those were the attractions that I that I did while I worked there. Hmm. But mostly storybook. Anytime I could get my my shift over yeah. there. <laughs> I want a storybook in my backyard. Like yeah. I love all the miniature buildings. <clears throat> like it's fun, and you yeah. know, I think the thing is with with storybook is you know it's hot outside. It's the summer, and people are grouchy and they're crabby, and they've been waiting in line all day. And they get on Storybook and they just sit down. Yeah. And you start talking and you're like, look, we're about to be swallowed up by a giant whale. And they calm down for seven minutes. Mm-hmm. For seven <laughs> minutes. <laughs> they're a they're nice on a boat. Ride. They're relaxing <clears throat> and they're calm. And on the, the other dark rides, it's like, get in, get out, get in, get out. It's like yeah. you're playing a video game, but you've got human beings jumping in and kids yeah. everywhere and wheelchairs. And it's stress. Like you're like, ugh. You know, and then the ride breaks down if people take too long to get in and out. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I felt like I was just doing that all day. And you don't really get to talk to people. Mm -hmm. On Storybook, you actually get to have a conversation. Oh, where are you from? How's your day going? Et cetera. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So you, I think in the previous podcast, you might have mentioned this. Mm -hmm. You told me, and I can't remember, you calculated the number of times you've been on the Storybook ride. I did. It's about 5,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I did. So I did the. And you still love it. I do. I still go on. There was no line for it the other day. And I'm like, oh, let's go to Storybook. Um, And the ride has changed a lot since I worked there. But um, yeah, so I calculated it out based on like an eight hour shift. Okay, how many times were we going around in an hour? What did that look like in a week? And then how did that that work out? You have a spreadsheet somewhere. No, it was just all it was just all math. It was just all math. And you know, like when people do those, hey, get to know you kind of things. Yeah. yeah. Say, oh, yeah. Who's been swallowed by a whale 5000 times? I was like, what? (laughs) Okay, it's a serrat or not? Concrete whale. but. But still, it's a whale. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, storybook was my favorite. Uh, but I, I today I wanted to actually talk about Dumbo in honor of the the Dumbo movie that's coming out the yes, the Tim Burton movie that but I saw the preview at um, the Opera House oh and it looks really good it looks really <coughs> good does it look as sad as the it original? doesn't you know it doesn't look quite as sad but that's maybe good. maybe because. I was so young when I saw Dumbo the first time that was very emotional. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, maybe we grow out of that a little bit as we get older. Maybe, so yeah. I don't know. 
Um, yeah, it looks really great. But anyway, I wanted to talk about one of my experiences working the Dumbo attraction. And again, let's put this in mind. This was a long time ago, not in a galaxy far, far away. But <laughs> is it, is right it the Hanahan. current Dumbo? It is the current Dumbo. That Dumbo oh, okay. was replaced in uh, 1983, I believe, when uh-huh. the new Fantasyland. Uh-huh. So it is, it's been rebuilt and done some stuff but too, but it's not the, it's not the 19. You know, 55 yeah, version. Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. it's been updated and modern. I'm sure it's been obviously been updated since then. Now, yeah. but anyway, it's the same configuration. It's in the same location that it mm-hmm. was, um, that it currently is right now. Anyway, I was working the ride in Granite. Okay, I was 17 years old, mm-hmm. so this is kind of my first job other than babysitting, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to deal with you know some very interesting guests. Let's, let's oh, say no. that. <laughs> So this is February, and it's pouring rain outside, absolutely pouring rain. Other attractions are shut down because it's raining so much. And there's this woman in line, and she's with her baby seven or eight-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. And she proceeds to get into the Dumbo, and she looks at it, and she says, it's all wet. And I'm looking up at the sky, and I'm looking up at the sky going, okay, I said, I'm really sorry. We don't have time to wipe them down before while reloading. You know, you're gonna so like, get wet anyway. So you know, it, it's an outdoor attraction, folks. Jeez. Come on. So she reluctantly gets in the ride. I'm, I buckle her in. I'm doing my seatbelt check. Mm-hmm. And Dumbo, there's that kind of center thing in the middle where the where the booms are. Yeah, yeah the Dumbos. Yes, yeah, so you can't. Yeah. So when you're in the, the <clears throat> control booth, you can't see if if there's a Dumbo on the opposite side. There's right. mirrors and stuff, but mm-hmm. that's why you have several. We have two cast members working Dumbo at the time. So uh, one's out there oh. giving the signal, the thumbs up yeah. signal to the person in the operating right. room to okay launch the Dumbo. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing my seatbelt check. Everything's cool. I'm ready to give the thumbs up, and all of a sudden I'm like, no, wait, stop! So I'm giving the stop, the hold signal. Uh-huh. I run back over to her. In the time that I had buckled her up, she opened up an umbrella. (gasps) (laughs) On the ride? On the ride. (laughs) On the ride. And I, you know, in Disney, you're supposed to smile and you're supposed to be polite and you can't say anything. Excuse me, what are you doing? (laughs) And and, and so I said, excuse me, ma'am, I'm sorry, this is Dumbo the Flying Elephant. And in about two seconds, we're going to be airborne and... We really need you to put that umbrella away because it's going to hit somebody and yeah. it, it could poke out an eye. I mean, she's with we her do not daughter. Get sued. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine a, an umbrella open? Oh my gosh! With, with that kind of wind, it's like that a that parachute. Kind of you know, like a drag, oh. and, and drag right car it, parachute. It's, it's just the wind of the Dumbo ride. There was no other wind. It was raining, right. but it wasn't windy outside. Yeah. But I can't believe she. And then, and then she wouldn't. She was like arguing with me about putting it down, oh. <laughs> and so. I said, I'm sorry, ma'am, I, I have to ask you to put the umbrella away or I, I have to ask you to step out of the ride. Like, this is the only thing I can yeah. do. And meantime, other people in front and back, they're getting poured rain. You know, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in rain gear and everything. I'm soaked. Like, I, there's no, there's nothing. I've never been more soaked in my life, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to smile and be happy. And, da, da, da. and people in front and behind are like, put down the umbrella. <laughs> you know, because they're with their kids and they've been waiting yeah. in line for the ride and it's pouring rain and they're like put it down (laughs) so finally she's like so she reluctantly puts it down and i'm like okay i'm gonna make sure that when i go back to the control room that the operator in there has his hand on that e-stop because if that umbrella comes up again boom we got to stop that ride like immediately thankfully she she didn't and she was fine but (sighs) then i went once i 
gave the thumbs up, I went back into the control room and the gentleman who was working the in the control room was an older gentleman who'd been at the park. He started in 1958. Oh my goodness. <laughs> former, former military. <clears throat> so, you know, and this is, this is um, like late 80s when I'm working there. So he'd been there a long time. Mm-hmm. And he says, what the heck was that all about? Because <laughs> he saw me, you know, do this yeah. and run over there. And I said, oh, some woman tried to open up her umbrella. And he goes, What'd you tell her? And I said, I told her Dumble fly and the elephant. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, he looks at me and he was kind of a grouchy guy. Like people didn't like working with this gentleman because he was kind <laughs> of brass. I don't know. He well, got, that's why after he got out of the military. The control booth. Yeah, oh, there you go. He got out of the, well, okay. no, he'd deal with the guests too in his own way. Yeah. But he'd been there so long, like he just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and, and so I tell him this whole story and, and, and he goes, how old are you, kid? And I said, 17. He goes, that's a good one. <laughs> and ever since then, like every time I worked with this guy, everything was cool. Everything was fine because he knew wow. I knew it. And he goes, next time that happens, you let me at her. I want to tell her, you know. Oh my gosh. Oh. Did, did he salute you every time you <laughs> pretty walked much, by? Pretty much. Pretty much. And then this, is, this, this guy would be in the break room, like chain smoking, you know, and, oh my gosh. and like cursing and stuff, you know, actually behind the, <laughs> where no guests could, could see or hear him. But um, yeah, that's that's my Dumbo story. So Man. people do some crazy things at Disney. Maybe that's why now, like, don't they usually shut it down now? If it's raining, it's one of the the outdoor rides that get shut down. If it's really raining, they do shut Dumbo down. Mm-hmm. But um, the rides that that mostly s- shut down in Fantasyland due to weather are Teacups goes down first. Mm-hmm. That is the first ride. That is so slippery. That I've, makes yeah. sense. I've that almost I have I have actually slipped on the teacups and. Um, yeah, my leg went into the back of the one of the handles. Ooh. Yeah, I kind of caught myself on it and kind of did a ow. did a did a wonderful move there in the <laughs> rain. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the teacups go down. Alice in Wonderland goes down. That's, that makes sense. That's that with, the out, with that outdoor part, area, yeah. it's very slippery to try to evacuate. Um, storybook will only really go down if there's a lot of water. Like I know recently with this hmm. tor- torrential rains we've had this year, I'm sure it went down because it, the boats, those boats can get flooded with water mm-hmm. really quick. And I'm sure Dumbo was the same thing. Wow. But normally, normally back then Dumbo didn't, did not close. Wow. Well, it's California. It was open. It yeah, really it's not like it's really, yeah, I mean, like you know, in Florida, in Florida, it's underneath a tent. <laughs> it makes sense. Right. But, yeah. but here it's, it's wide open. Actually, we need a tent just for the sun. Not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. For the rain. That well, would be good. <laughs> I'm glad they tented the line for Dumbo, though. I will tell yeah. you that because I and I have a joke about Dumbo. It's kind of a, a thing that we used to say. We're like 90 minutes for 90 seconds of fun. Yeah. <laughs> You're waiting in line it's 90. True. Yeah, like a 90 minute line, 90, 90 minutes of fun. Really, people, do you want to wait that long with your kid to stand in that hot line mm-hmm. in the summer just to fly a Dumbo for 90 minutes? There's I a think, lot of other I things think, you can yeah. do in Fantasyland. When my kid turned four. She she understood the the the, the work versus mm-hmm. re- reward. Yeah. So like around four, she's like, look at the line. Nah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. now they've changed things too. When I worked there, we had to count out people and okay, how many people are going to go in which Dumbo and this and that. Yeah. Now they give you like a the little feather. feather thing, which is really smart. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And, and, and it, they they yeah. actually like assign you like which Dumbo you're going to go into. Well, they're assigned now. Yeah, they're which assigned now. Which is good. Now. So which is like, good because I want the pink one. Well, yeah, because the then you have kids like beelining it to yeah. one of the, yeah. the Dumbos and then some other kids crying and it's like oh, can we wait for the next next round okay and then they're first and then yeah you know so that that has kind of eliminated some of that that stuff that we had to deal with back in the day but yeah. um but you know nine times out of ten the guests were really nice and friendly and people wanted to have fun and mm-hmm. 
And uh, but you know you get the the people who just don't think about opening up an umbrella. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So listeners. A don't, tip. don't open up an umbrella. <laughs> Listen to your friendly cast member who's just trying to look out for your don't safety. Don't open up an umbrella on any attraction. <laughs> yes. Step back from the umbrella. <laughs> A little water will not hurt you. Right. You will be just fine. You will not melt. Wow. That's amazing. Well, thank you for, for sharing that You're story. Welcome. And we're excited to hear more stories. But for right now, that is all the time we have for this edition of Main Street UCI. If you enjoyed our show, we'd love if you'd give us five stars on iTunes or Google Play and help our podcast grow. You can find previous episodes at sites.ce.uci.edu slash Main Street UCI or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Main Street UCI, where you'll find photos of our adventures in the parks, interesting articles, and more. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll come back and hear us again real soon. Bye! Bye! Bye Bye-bye!